0: Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snertley. It's time for the soul of excellence.
1: She is a radio host at 77 W.A.B.C. here in New York. The
0: Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snertley.
2: Welcome to your Tuesday Rush Hour. It is Tuesday. That is Mark Stein Day here on Bo Snertley's Rush Hour, W.A.B.C. If you want to be part of the program today... As in every day, unless the phones aren't working. 800-848-WABC is the number to call. 800-848-WABC. 800-848-9222. Among the things that I want to talk about with Mark uh, is the continued story about the SVB. The Silicon Valley Bank collapsed. More information, of course, has come to light. Some of the ties that the bank has had. Janet Yellen, for instance, is said to have been very close to one of the officials there, which would explain the bailout. There's also a big story. You're not supposed to call it a bailout. And then this poor President Biden. This guy at a fundraiser last night goes into details discussing former President Jimmy Carter's situation, revealing things that he should not have said. Ugh. That President Carter has asked Joe Biden to do his eulogy. It's finally caught up with him. Biden says, of Carter's illness. But they found a way to keep him going a lot longer than they anticipated because they found a breakthrough. Yeah, his family hasn't shared that information. Why are you, Joe Biden? Poor Joe Biden. He can't help it. There are Democrats. There is a Democrat, Thomas Massey of Kentucky, who said, no, he's a Republican that Democrat Mark Kelly, you would know him, that's Gabby Gifford's husband of Arizona, had asked about some censorship tools that they might be able to use to prevent bank runs. In other words, they want to stop people from talking about it freely. Over the last few days, it has become very apparent that the Democrats do not believe in free speech. That liberals don't believe in free speech. That's one of the things I'm going to talk about with Mark, too. You know, Mark has had his own episodes with the warriors of speech, because Mark courageously takes on topics that a lot of people want to stay away from, and he deals with them very effectively. If you haven't been following the news, there has been a big uproar over the way that Stanford University handled a recent speech by a federal judge, shut down by one of their liberal activists, Professor so We'll talk about that stuff. Many moons ago, Diana, Princess Di, who will be joining us at some point in the near future, suggested we take a look at these ESG investments. Well, it turns out there's a study, and I don't know, I haven't read the full study, don't know whether this is, how far it is, that the companies who choose to follow the path of S. ESG of the environment, environmental social governance are not performing as well as companies who remain neutral. Yet that is not, I fear, going to stop activists from demanding that these companies bow down to whatever liberals want to do. The governor of Michigan, and I scratched my head over this one, is now saying, you know, maybe some of the things that I did during the lockdown were quote unquote more than we needed to do. She was talking with Chris Wallace, CNN's Chris Wallace, on the Little Watched show, who's talking to Chris Wallace. She admitted to Chris Wallace that there were moments where we, you know, had to make some decisions that, in retrospect, don't make a lot of sense, right? She just says this cavalierly, right? If you went in the hardware store, you could go into the hardware store, but we didn't want people, you know, all congregating around the gardening supplies. People said, oh, she's outlawed seeds. It was February in Michigan. No one was planting anyway, but that being said, you know, some of those policies, I look back and I think, well, maybe that was a little bit more than we needed to do. Really? Why now? Why do you think that she's admitting right now? I have the answer, I think. Why do you think that right now Gretchen Whitmer is admitting that her COVID policies were over the top? Hmm. Scott, why do you think that she's all of a sudden piping up saying, hey, 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 maybe I went a little bit too far? I I don't have a good theory at this moment. No theory. How about you, Diego? Could it have anything, anything to
0: do with the COVID lab leak theory thing that is uh, more prominent and
1: people are talking about it more?
2: Ah, Well, I don't know, but I don't think that's it. How about you, Jason?
1: Could it be with just the state of affairs of everything? Money,
2: food oh, prices. Oh, that's just a inflation. great. Wait, 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 wait. That's a great, that's a great answer. Could it be everything? Everything. everything. <laughs> no, it couldn't be everything. <laughs> She's running for vice president. Oh. She wants Biden to look. Everybody's talking about how awful Kamala Harris is, et cetera, et cetera. Joe Biden, if he is successful, He's going to need a new somebody on that ticket, maybe, to help bring it in, if he can figure out a way to get rid of Kamala Harris without without getting out. Anyway, she's positioning herself for higher office. So right now, even though while there are no stakes, she's already won re-election, right now she's trying to refurbish her image. Well, you know, I look back on things now, maybe that didn't make, she didn't apologize to anybody. But right now, she's trying to rehab her image as being the lockdown queen. That's why. We're going to take a break early, as we do on Tuesday, Mark Stein Day, so that we can spend as much time with Mr. Stein as we possibly can. So we will do that if you want to be part of today's Rush Hour. 800-848-WABC is our telephone number. 800-848-9222. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two, And we are coming back right after
0: this. WABC, Traffic and Transit. Though I wasn't listening before on the topic, I was busy here in the newsroom, but what about the answer when the, uh, what's your answer to that? And he said everything? What was yep. that?
2: Uh, the answer is that, that uh, Gretchen Whitmer is, is um, right now posturing because she wants higher office. If they dump Kamala, she wants to be the next vice president. She wants to rehab her image now. She's not going to wait. Mm-hmm. So that's the answer. That's uh, why she's admitting I made mistakes without apologizing for them.
0: I mean, I was going to say that's a typical answer of me, though. Every, I agree with everything you say, right? So I probably would have said the same thing. Anyway. Okay. Thank you for enlightening I'm sorry. <laughs> You're quite welcome. <laughs> He's always mistakenly British. Teen crumpets. Cheerio! But he's really a Canuck. Known on all seven continents.
3: Oh, I know who you are.
0: America's undocumented anchorman. He's a recording star and a TV star. Tuesdays, James Golden, a.k.a. Bose Nerdly, presents Mark Stein.
2: We are so pleased, ladies and gentlemen, to have America's undocumented anchorman with us, the one, the only, the legendary, Mark Stein. Mark, I am feeling in a serious mood today over speech. Oh, yeah. I usually joke about this stuff with you, but today it just, I don't know why, I'm just, what happened in Canada... With this Catholic student being arrested because he just expressed his beliefs, his religious beliefs, that men and women shouldn't be sharing a bathroom because men and women are different. Created differently. And yet he finds himself arrested. Yeah. This is I always had a view that Canada was was more I mean, we understand that they're liberal and I know that you've had your issues in Canada with speech.
4: Well, I did. I managed to get the Canadian... I always say this when I'm crossing the border and I'm heading north and some idiot border guard gives me a hard time. I always say, listen, the last time the government of Canada picked a fight with me, it wound up repealing the law, which was the Canadian censorship law, which had a 100% conviction rate, which is... The sort of thing that Kim Jong Un and, uh, Halsey Mubarak and Saddam Hussein would be wary of because you, you normally make it 97.8% conviction rate. Right? So you don't look ridiculous. But the fact is that since in the law, in the course of this century, the, uh, the general acceptance of the principle of freedom of speech has been completely eroded. You know, when I I fought my battle uh, up north, which was uh, whatever it was, a little over a decade ago, the lefties would still use that apocryphal line from Voltaire. You know, oh, I disagree with what you say, but I would defend to the death your right to say it. Well, I'm not asking you uh, to defend me to the death. You know, if you just uh, do the occasional mildly supportive tweet, that would be enough. But they don't... (laughs) They don't even go there now. This woman, this, uh, you know, this dean of uh, diversity, equity and inclusion, uh, whichever cockamamie university it was, who says, that was oh, no. Stanford. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's not an unimportant place. And the idea that freedom of uh, – her thing is freedom of – it's not worth the price. It's too triggering. If we have all this freedom of speech, people hear things they might disagree with and that, that could d- trigger them. And it's too stressful to have free. There's a, increasingly, as on, you know, transgender bathrooms, which is the, obviously one of the critical issues we face today, uh, that is, that is uh, an issue on which there's one correct answer. So when it comes to misgendering, when it comes to climate change, when it comes to Islam, when it comes to all kinds of subjects, there's a correct answer, and none of the other ones need to be heard.
2: Now, this case that you, you mentioned, too, the Stanford case, I find this fascinating. You have a federal judge who's invited to speak. Hmm. The, the school has a Federalist Society Club, apparently, so they invite a federal judge to speak to students. This woman who is, heads their diversity... Takes the mic. He never got a chance to actually deliver his remarks. No. She went on a nine minute tirade about him and how he's harming people with the laws. And she hopes he can look into himself, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And they, and she and her liberals' accomplices disrupted the whole event. He ends up never giving the speech that he wants to make. So the dean of the school then apologizes. Now, they don't say they're going to get rid of this woman. They're head of the inclusion, the Dean for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. That's her name, Kieran Steinbach. They apologize for her. They don't say they're going to get rid of her, but they apologize and say, oh, this should never happen at Stanford. Okay, a bunch of students now are on both sides. There are some students that are demanding that she be fired, but just as of this afternoon, other st- student activists are now targeting the law school dean for daring to apologize yeah for and and so it's a total chaotic mess well, it, these so it, these college campuses are so closed to the idea that anybody should prevent present anything in terms of a discourse that they don't want to hear that that their little bunch of kids don't want to hear
4: well the thing is people mortgage their homes to send their kids to stanford you know, it's like a significant six-figure sum to be socially engineered into being a total moron. So this system cannot go on. Uh, the the head of the administration here, the dean of the law school, is being completely dishonest. Because what happens here is they say, "Okay, well, we've booked some. You know, we booked a speaker. We booked James Golden to give uh, come and give a talk on conservatism in America." And then everybody gets – people get upset about it, and they're going around protesting. So then they say, OK, well, we we'll need 200 police to enable James Golden to speak. So he he's going to uh, – the society that's uh, invited him is going to have to put up a uh, a five-figure sum for to cover the security costs. And that's their way of – you know, security becomes the new shut-up. If that doesn't work, then you just shout the guy down. And the problem here is that uh, elsewhere in the world, at a Chinese university, for example, the student is learning physics or the student is learning how to play the cello. And at an American university, instead, you're learning uh, how uh, uh, complete nonsense, which is that your feelings about anything are, are, the, are, are the most important aspect of human existence. And so these these are you know big Ivy League names Harvard Yale Stanford all the big schools uh, will eventually destroy themselves if they go down if they go f- too far down this path.
2: Well, there are some in the legal community who are already saying they don't want students. They they wonder now whether they should take students as law clerks from I believe it was Harvard yeah. after some of the behavior there, or it was Yale, I believe and so now is to, is Stanford going to Stanford going to be put on that list should they be put on that list well,
4: yeah, Would is, you? Hey, these aren't the crazy these aren't the crazy parts of the school they're the law school now law uh, it's easy to forget if you're up against the average you know third rate judge but in fact uh, law above all things is supposed to be about first principles You know, if you if you happen to run a red light and you kill somebody, it shouldn't matter whether you're Nelson Mandela or a member of the Ku Klux Klan. So the fact of the matter is that if you abandon first principles, as this law school did when it uh, couldn't uh, even get this guy to give a speech, he never uttered a word there. uh, Why would you hire someone like that to be your law clerk, you know, in in a court? There are two, you you hear the plaintiff, you hear the defendant. They each get to call their witnesses, you hear the arguments. If you've got law schools where that doesn't apply, oh, no, yeah, no, this person uh, thinks there are two biological sexes, so we should shout him down. Why would you want a guy like that as your law clerk? It's ridiculous.
2: Moving to the banking scenario, I I have been wanting to know what you think about this entire Silicon Valley bank situation you have a woke board of directors. You have a bank where that collapses, billions and billions of dollars, where the risk assessment officer in the U.K. was running around, instead of looking at risk assessment, putting on a month-long gay pride event. You have uh, insider trading, uh, the appearance of insider trading, where you have the, uh, the upper management selling off their stocks before this thing collapses. You have now ties to Gavin Newsom, ties to Janet Yellen, and yet the government says it's not going to bail them out, but they then go ahead and bail them out, but they're still saying they didn't bail them out. Huh. You have uh, the Board of Directors apparently don't know where they were. They're another woke bunch. Apparently this is one of these ESG bank operations. And the... What in the hell, Mark? This is supposed to be a bank. They've got billions of dollars in assets. And and then they give bonuses out to all the employees hours before the government shuts it down. Well, you know, that this is
4: actually connected to the rubbish at Stanford that we were talking about a couple of minutes ago. In fact, it's like, you know, it's, oh, can you believe this Uh the uh, risk, uh, the, the uh, senior vice president of risk assessment, was running around doing Pride Month for a month. But that's exactly what the United States was doing in Kabul uh, uh, up till the moment they all fled out of town. If you recall, the uh, the embassy in Kabul, the U.S. embassy, was flying the Pride flag for the full month. Uh, and then Pride Month ended, and they skedaddled out of town. And forty-eight hours later, the Taliban took over. So they've got the embassy, and they've got the Pride flag. Nobody knows where the U.S. embassy's Pride flag from the Kabul embassy is now. Some big <laughs> Taliban guy has it uh, has a trophy hanging over his fireplace. And, uh, and 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 you know, to go back to the universities, uh, I, I remember. Uh, about ten years ago, sitting in the Café Carlisle at the Carlisle Hotel in New York, I was having a drink with Tom Wolfe, the great uh, novelist of Bonfire of the Vanities. And he'd, uh, he'd spend a lot of time at American University. He says, all these students sit and roll their eyes through all the, what they then used to call politically correct stuff. And as soon as they graduate, they forget about it and get on with normal life. And I said to you, I said to Tom, I said, I think you're wrong on that. And what's happened since is that everywhere is a college campus now. So as crazy as some law school at Stanford or Harvard or Yale is, now your local bank is run by the same kind of crazies. Now we have woke corporations, so-called, which ought to be a contradiction in terms, but isn't. And so eventually, if they prioritize wokeness, over normal business sense or normal professional professional standards i mean do you want to uh, do you want to have heart surgery from a guy who's woke or do you want to have heart surgery from a guy who knows how to perform it and uh you know in the case of if uh, in in the case of the banks uh that's about as which people still think of as you know relatively sober and prudent but they're not, and they're and they're going to go. And I think, in fact, because it's not just this bank. There's something up at HSBC, which is the uh, uh, Hong Kong and Shanghai Bank. It's a big bank in London. Well, it's actually all over America, HSBC, and something up with Credit Suisse as well.
2: Um, Credit Suisse yeah. was in the news today, right? Yeah, they, uh, yeah,
4: yeah. So there's a, you know, the question here is whether whether we're heading for another 2008. Uh, or something worse, and it's not helped by the idea that bank management's are as invested in nonsense as this particular bank was.
2: Well, let me ask you one last question: If you had an invitation to go to some of these campuses, I mean, as you should, I mean, to me, you would be one of the most sought-after speakers anywhere because of your breadth of knowledge and your your life experiences, both as a as an author and and, and as a broadcaster, as a as a you know, actors, and, well, famous showbiz. You, would you go on a college campus these days? Would you consider that something that you would want to do to speak and potentially risk having to be put in the center of all this nonsense?
4: Well, I've spoken at over the years at places like Berkeley and Oberlin, not actually, in, as I think about it now, in the last couple of years. And I think the idea now is that basically there are just people who, you know, shouldn't be heard. The fact of the matter is that it's an increasingly wide list. Now, uh, a a lady I regard as one of the bravest ladies on the planet, Ayan Hersey Ali, who uh, basically had to flee the Netherlands because uh, the guys who killed the crazy jihadist guys were trying to kill her. Now, she's a black woman from East Africa, she's a feminist, she's an atheist, she's a refugee. She checks, in other words, all the left's boxes. But because she happens to think that uh, there's a bunch of crazy Islamic jihadists who are trying to kill everybody, when she she went to speak at some, I forget what it is, it wasn't Smith, it was uh, Brandeis or something like that in Massachusetts, they wound up disinviting her. In other words, a, a black African woman refugee uh, isn't, isn't enough to prevent you from being uh, kicked off a campus in New England. They, they, this is the thing they're gonna don't send your kids there folks don't uh, I know you send them in, you might have attended uh, the the university in the 40s or early 50s when it was still relatively sane don't keep sending them checks These people these institutions are rotting and they need to be throttled and rebuilt from scratch.
2: And what we also need as a solution mark we need a safe place for conservatives, and for people who are independent thinkers to speak. And I know just the place. <laughs> <laughs> and where would that be, James? It would be on one of the Mark Stein cruises. That's where it would be. Yeah. Come speak your mind freely. Don't wo- And relax at the same time. Party with like minds and don't worry about being canceled. No. Go to the, on the Adriatic Sea. Yeah, no, on the Mark Stein cruise, I hear this. Or, or on the last cruise, I heard this all
4: the time. People who say, you know, because that's, as you identify, that's for, for cruisers, that's the best thing about it. Because the things you say at the local school board meeting that would get you escorted away by police, you can actually say, and people, people will look at you and say, oh, you know, you talk a lot of sense there. So it is actually like, <laughs> if you're... If you're living and working in Midtown Manhattan, you might appreciate the chance to be able to cease biting your tongue uh, for a few days. So there is that to be said for it. And we'll have a great time, James.
2: In July, Mark Stein cruises, and you can find out more about it. Mark, where?
4: At marksteincruise.com, and that's Stein with a Y, -Y S-T-E-Y-N, marksteincruise.com, or steinonline.com.
2: Thank you, Mark. Always a pleasure to have you, my friend. And I'm, but I'm telling you, Mark, today I am just I worry about our future. I really am very worried. If you some of these things are just so obvious. If you can't speak freely about your religious convictions, if you can't have a federal judge go to a school and actually deliver a speech without being harassed out of it, I, I'm worried about where both where the Western Hemisphere is going.
4: No, it's, you're absolutely right, because if you can't say it, if you can't argue it, if you can't debate it, then you're like all these uh, dictatorships where the only thing you can do is uh, make a Molotov cocktail and lob it through the window. So they, these guys are storing up a whole heap of trouble for peaceful societies with this crazy talk.
2: That's Mark Stein, ladies and gentlemen. America's undocumented anchorman. Every Tuesday here on Bo Nerdly's Rush Hour, we're coming back. Thank you, Mark. Right after this,
3: James Golden, known popularly as Bo Nerdly. This
0: is the Rush Hour with Bo Nerdly. Rush, Rush, Rush. Rush.
2: To me, uh, this was on a Quincy Jones album. Quincy Jones. American icon Celebrating A 90th birthday Today You could have played anything You could have played some Michael Jackson here Quincy produced him Could have played some Brothers Johnson Could have played a lot of stuff With Quincy And of course Quincy has a catalog of his own That spans the decades Working with Sinatra Count Basie that album that Frank Sinatra does, one of my favorite Sinatra albums, Live at the Sands. You'll hear him introduce Quincy Jones, a young Quincy Jones fan, who's the arranger. Quincy has, is uh, his career is just unbelievable. And Quincy shares a birthday with Gary Bird, legendary radio broadcaster and mentor for me. Happy birthday, and we'll Gary Bird. Today in music history, 1995, Tupac Shakur became the first. (laughs) Tupac. I'm sorry. I call him Tupac because I always say at the end of his life he only had one pack. The other pack (laughs) got shot off. Jeez. Well, it did. I mean, that's painful to lose half of your pack. I mean, you know, your full pack. Because it got anyway in 1995, Tupac. Tupac Shakur became the. By the way, do you know who his aunt is? This is the Miss M- Miss Pack? No, it's not Miss Pack. It's the the domestic terrorist. What? Joanne Chesimard, who has ex exiled in Cuba. That's wow. right. That's wow. his auntie. Anyway. Um, two-pack, one-pack, became, uh, oh, I know the two-pack fans get mad at me. I don't mean anything by it, no harm. He became the first male solo artist to have a number one album while he was incarcerated in jail. Dubious distinction. His third album, Against the World, came out while he was serving another eight months in prison. The album debuted on num, at number one on Billboard, on the Billboard 200. Sold almost a quarter million copies in its first week. And I'm going to tell you something. There are two pack fans right now that will tell you that they were so inspired by him and his art. So for all the kidding, there's that. Uh, you know, Mark and I were talking about these liberals in schools. There is a story, you can find it at the Daily BS, that's my twice a day, thedailybs.com, the Daily BS, you can sign up for the news blast there. But anyway, the, at American Wire News, which powers the Daily BS, there's a story about a liberal, this is the headline, liberal as F, Marxist Maryland teacher calls for war against capitalism. And she says revolutions involve violence. Of course... Montgomery County, the very, very deep blue, crazed blue Montgomery County School District is where this teacher was, Rebecca Rothstein. She describes herself as a proud as F liberal. She believes that teachers should use their classrooms to turn kids into, quote, unquote, anti-racist activists. As a teacher, I wish I could do more with our students, like teach anti-racism and how to be kind people, really, while at the same time telling us that violence is what's up. Does anyone else feel like we can skip the math, skip the science, like we'll do that next year? Maybe this year we should focus on teaching our youth how to be anti-racist. She wrote about providing Marxist literature to her children. She also made the comment, F, capitalism, and noted at one point that she was tired after a long day of indoctrinating students. And then, just to show you, there's a teacher in Florida, lives of TikTok, found him. Let's listen to what this guy has to say about his classroom.
3: Good evening. Thank you as always for your kindness and for insights. So which books do I remove from my Florida high school classroom? Because today after school we had a faculty meeting. And we learned that our media specialist has to inventory every single book in our classroom. Whether it's a textbook, whether it's any other book we might have in a personal library for our student use, every single book. Because last year under House Bill 1467, it requires now that every single book in our classroom be inventoried by our media specialists to make sure that no titles contain pornography, that they contain any references to gender identity, to sexual orientation, and of course to race-based teaching. Now let that sink in for a second, because now I have a choice to make. I have three eight-foot-tall bookshelves in my classroom with subjects ranging from world religions to general nonfiction, I have an entire section of African-American history. I have all of American history range from the beginning all the way to the present. I have a bookshelf of nothing but classics, mass and trade-sized paperbacks. So now do I go through all of my textbooks and decide, do I want to risk this book coming into the crosshairs of Moms for Liberty? Because all these textbook inventories, they'll now be shared with the public. And that's exactly what Governor DeSantis wants. He wants Moms for Liberty and other groups like that to scrutinize teachers like me because the consequences of violating that state law are a third degree felony. So, my friends, please be aware of what's happening here in Florida. It's come to my high school. It's come to every school in Pinellas County. It's coming to every school in the state of Florida. And when it comes to your state, be warned, because you have to understand the purpose of this is one thing to intimidate teachers like me from actually teaching the real history of our country. So now I have to decide, do I risk a lawsuit? Do I risk a third degree felony? Or do I stand up to this and actually proudly display all the books in my classroom, most of which have been there for 10 or 15 years? I just want you to be aware of what's happening in the state of Florida right now, friends. We're standing, we're fighting, we're defending our students, we're defending our public schools because our public schools are the foundation of our democracy. You guys be well and have a great rest of your week.
2: Yeah. So understand what the argument is. Gee, they want to know what I'm teaching the kids, and he's offended by it. Gee, we have to sweep our books, make sure we're not offering pornography to the children. Oh, how terrible is that? Oh, we can't have any of this crazed, race-based teaching. Well, what does that mean? Look, I'm not opposed to learning, and I'm not opposed to learning American history. But these people on the left you see how upset they are when finally parents are getting wise and saying hey we need to take a look at exactly what it is you're teaching the children and all of a sudden they're up in arms you shouldn't have anything to say about it you shouldn't have what he wants to teach your kids scrutinized because he knows better than you and better than anything else better than anybody else if, if he thinks pornography is good for your kids then fine you should have pornography taught to your kids. And how dare anybody say no? That is the battle that's taking place in education today. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, we are coming back. Both Snurley's Rush Hour, your calls are coming up, so don't go away.
0: Hour with Bo Snerdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snerdly. Rush. Rush. Now, here's Bo Snerdly.
2: Journey brings us back on WABC. It's the Rush Hour. My friends... My fellow 77 WABC listeners, get ready for St. Patrick's Day. WABC Radio's exclusive merchandise collection is available for you. You can celebrate in style with our green-themed hats, T-shirts, glasses, so much more, whether you're heading to the parade or just enjoying a pint with your pals. Our collection has got you covered. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit us at WABCRadioStore.com. W.A.B.C. Now grab your St. Patty's Day gear before it's gone. Happy St. Patty's Day from all of us at W.A.B.C. Radio. Let's head to the telephone, shall we? Jacqueline in Brooklyn. Welcome here on W.A.B.C. Boston and release. How are you, Jacqueline?
1: Hi, James. I'm fine. And it's so good to hear your voice again. Thank um you. I. I have some comments regarding uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Um, The bailout of the bank is really no different when under Obama's administration, um, the billionaire brokerage firms selectively were bailed out, they let Lehman Brothers fail, Uh, they bailed out General Motors, also known as government motors, and what I think people are failing to realize is that the majority of the Silicon Valley bank account holders are multi-multi-millionaires. Their accounts were in the tens of millions of dollars, from what I heard. These are not ordinary middle-class people. They're fully aware that FDIC only covers $250,000. They don't deserve to be made whole to the tune of tens of millions of dollars at the expense of the blood, sweat, and tears of the hardworking middle-class taxpayers who sacrifice every day. And as you pointed out, James, the focus of these woke executives – of these woke corporations is on ESG. And as the SV Bank risk assessment executive was for, focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion instead of upholding their financial responsibilities, which is their job. And these companies, these woke companies like SV Bank have been investing in risky sectors, startup renewable energy companies. And their failure is also due in large part to the Biden administration's destructive economic policies. You know, we can't forget that they have flooded the economy with free money and the Fed chair continues to make matters worse by drastically raising interest rates over a short period of time in an attempt to stop the bleeding of the unprecedented high inflation created by the Biden administration's policies.
2: You have absolutely nailed this. That was picture perfect. You know, Everything that you said is exactly right. The middle class and the lower middle class who have taxpayers are now being tasked with, once again, bailing out millionaires, multimillionaires, leftists. And that's what they are. This is all political. This isn't so much about destroying. Let us not allow Silicon Valley and the people that left this, that that raised Silicon Valley, to its stature, let's not let them bear the consequences of their mistake. Let's make it and spread it out among American taxpayers who will never, ever live high on the hog like these people do. And then Joe Biden and Janet Yellen have the nerve to lie to us all and say, oh, no, no, this is going to be done without federal, without taxpayer involvement. There is no way for the federal government to bail out this bank as they have without taxpayers paying the price. It is a blatant lie. Thank you for the call, Jacqueline. Patricia in Westchester. Thank you, Patricia. I saw you on the line yesterday, and I'm glad you called back today. How are you, Patricia?
1: Thank you. I'm fine, but I won't keep you on the phone. You need more time. You need a couple of hours. My God. Bo, I want you to play sometime. You must know her Uh or whatever. Shirley
2: Bassey. I love Shirley, I, Bassey. To... I love Shirley Bassey. I love Shirley Bassey. We will do our best to get Shirley some Shirley Bassey in the library and play it. My and thank you.
1: My husband, my husband and I used to go to Carnegie Hall right
2: the year to see her. She is phenomenal. She totally is phenomenal. And by the way, Carnegie Hall. I mean, I can't tell you. I've enjoyed a few concerts in my time at Carnegie Hall. Carnegie Hall was, of course, just the landmark place in mid-Manhattan to go see a concert. So, right on, right on. Shirley Bassey. Okay, folks, we're headed toward the, uh, the conclusion of the program today. I didn't get to one story that I wanted to. I didn't get to a few stories. And that's Joe Biden saying it's Sinful. Sinful. These state laws to stop mutilating children irreversibly are sinful, according to President Joe Biden. And now he wants federal legislation to stop so that these whack jobs that call themselves doctors can keep on mutilating children. I mean, some days you wonder, is the world totally crazy? And the answer has to be, well, if it's not, it's headed there. Thank you for being with us today and each and every weekday for Boston Early's Rush Hour here on WABC, the Crown Jewel of American Radio. We'll be back tomorrow, God willing, at 4 o'clock and, of course, Saturday morning, our Saturday morning radio extravaganza, which begins at 7 a.m. May God bless each and every single one of you and your families and your loved ones and protect you. Again, we'll be back tomorrow for 4 for Boston Early's Rush Hour. See you then. Bye.